0: Sanctuary this morning, along with those listening on T-102 and watching on Facebook Live. And thank you to the praise band for our prelude this morning. Before we get started this morning, I have a few announcements uh, I'd like to share. Today begins a new Bible study on the Gospel of Mark in the Ministry Center. It's an 11-part series by Francis Chan. There will also be a new women's Bible study starting on February 1st at Maria Lammer's house. Uh, more information in the bulletin or you can talk to her after church if you haven't signed up yet for the right uh, free right now media account uh, we're encouraging you to do that and give it a try again more information in the bulletin or on the website about getting signed up the children's activity bags are back at the info center and the kids are encouraged to grab a, a go bag and if you'd like to use one during the service we are sad to share that Marilyn Cook passed away on Monday, the 25th, she was 93 years old. And one last uh, announcement is a youth Bible study today uh, for this afternoon has been canceled due to the weather. So, and now anyone that is able, if you would please stand and join me in the call to worship. The call to worship this morning comes from the book of Psalm chapter 25, 1 through 7, and verses 16 through 22. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies, and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be such a shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. Deliver, deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Now we will continue to stand and sing our praise song, Holy Spirit. Children to come forward to children's chat with Mrs. Lamers.
1: All right, now we got the home and kids. We are complete. All right, I have a question. Are you guys afraid of anything? You're not afraid of anything, Herschel? Good deal. What about over here? Are you guys afraid of anything? Yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? Not really. Are you afraid of thunderstorms? Yes, thunderstorms can be scary. You're right. Are you ever afraid to go someplace all by yourself? Sometimes we are. Sometimes we're afraid to go places all by ourselves, and that's okay. That's okay. We're going to learn something about going places all by ourselves today. Okay. So, do you know, even grown-ups are afraid of stuff. Yes, yes, those are pretty scary. Okay, even grown-ups are afraid of things, okay? Some people are afraid of clowns. Some people are afraid of climbing up a ladder and going up high. Some people, I know adults that don't like spiders, and they will climb on a chair until it goes away. Yeah, okay. now I have another question for you. What does it mean to trust? Right. What does it mean to trust? Courtney, do you know what it means to trust? Jesus. Oh yes, because he's the answer to every question. <laughs> Jesus, do you trust Jesus? Yes, yes. We when we trust somebody, that means we know that what that. They care about us, that they have our best interests, and that we can believe in them, okay? We can believe in them. So one day, Jesus was with his disciples in the temple. Remember, his disciples were his friends that were following him. And the the disciples were talking about how beautiful the temple is. And then Jesus began to tell them about some things that were going to happen, He told them that the temple would one day be destroyed and there would be wars and earthquakes and people that were hungry. He told them that they were going to be hated and some of them were going to be beat up and thrown in jail. Okay. Those are pretty scary things. It would be understandable if the disciples were afraid. But Jesus told them not to be afraid. He promised that he would be with them. And that not a hair on their heads would be harmed if they put their trust in Jesus. Sounds pretty simple, right? We trust that Jesus is with us everywhere we go in the dark. Jesus is with us when there's a thunderstorm. Jesus is with us when we have to go upstairs all by ourselves. Jesus is with us. When there's creepy spiders. Okay? Jesus is with us all the time. We can trust Jesus. Okay? So, we sing a song in Sunday school about trust, don't we? I will trust. I will trust. So, here is where I need you guys' help. I need you to stand up. You see Miss Judy over there? She's going to play, and we are going to sing I Will Trust. Are you ready? want you guys to trust in god and know that he is with you all the time wherever you go all right so have a great week
2: thanks kids for that wonderful rendition of i will trust Um, That actually might be a great segue into the next part of the service, because I know inviting people to come forward and stand in front of the church can be a very intimidating thing to do. So at this point, I do want to invite forward our new Consistory members, as well as any current elders that are here with us this morning as we ordain and install our new members of Consistory. So as they're coming forward, you see their names are listed in the bulletin. Our new elder will be Brad Hoagie. We have new deacons Gary Wiedemann and Amy Wiedock, as well as a new trustee, Craig Flutterjohn. So if you guys would like to come on up, we'll meet right down here on the floor. I think in years past, we've invited you guys to come forward one at a time and we decided to make things a little less intimidating and have you guys come forward as a group. So Brad, uh, Amy, Craig, Gary, come on up here. Um, and actually, why don't you guys face out? So I know everybody knows you, but everybody can see your lovely faces that way. And if you, the current elders want to kind of circle back around behind, um, when we do this, uh, you know, this is an opportunity not just to, to scare you and, and make you stand in front of everybody and, and all of that stuff, but it's an opportunity for us as as elders and as a church body to pray for you as you begin your new uh, positions here at church in these new offices. So um, first of all, I want to say thank you for all of your willingness to serve in this capacity. Um, it really is a, it's a privilege and a blessing to be able to serve the church, to be able to serve God in this way. So first of all, thank all four of you for your willingness to step up and serve in this way. And uh and part of this prayer is to be praying for God to, to work in and through you uh for the ministry of this church, but also that God would bless you in the midst of this. Um I feel like conversations that I've had over the years with with people that have come on and off consistory has always been that that the growth that has taken place during their time on consistory, the opportunities they've had to serve and how God has worked in and through them uh to uh, not just serve the church, but also what God is doing in their own lives. And so my prayer for you all is that that God will continue to work in you as well. So with that in mind, I have a few questions. The first couple are for all of you, and they're just kind of basic questions about your trust in the Lord and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'll ask all of you these first two questions, and you can say I do together. Um, and then I have questions for each of you. You're the elder our two new deacons and trustee. Um, and after I ask those questions, we'll take an opportunity to pray for each of you individually. Does that make sense? So, first of all, these two questions are for all of you. Do you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you believe the Old and New Testaments to be the inspired Word of God? And do you commit to align your life according to the Bible to the best of your ability with the help of the Holy Spirit? Praise God. So I'm going to start over here with you, Brad. Got a couple of questions. And these questions are, um, taken right, the, the, uh, the core of these questions are taken right out of our Constitution about what it means to serve in these different positions in the church. So, Brad, I'll start with you. Do you feel called to be called by God to the office of elder in order to serve God and edify the First Church of New Knoxville? And do you commit to fulfill the responsibilities of an elder as outlined in our Constitution, which include the ability to assist and support the pastor in the spiritual affairs of the church, set an example to others, watch faithfully over the spiritual interests of the congregation, maintain order in the house of God, assist in the distribution of the elements of the Lord's Supper, Aid in visiting the sick and minister according to your ability in the edification and comfort of all the members of First Church. I do with the help of God. Praise God. Um, our current elders that are here, if you I know it's maybe you can't surround everybody whole COVID concerns and all that stuff, but as as much as you're able as you're comfortable, I invite you to, to extend a hand or lay a hand on Brad's shoulder as as we pray for him. Our merciful Father in heaven, we thank you that you have provided faithful and gifted people to serve as elders. As these new officers begin, excuse me, as this new officer begins and assumes their responsibility, fill them with your spirit, endow them with your wisdom, and grant them with strength. Make him a faithful worker in your vineyard. Under Under their guidance, may our church grow in every spiritual grace, in faith which is open and unashamed, and in the committed service that promotes your reign in the world. Help him to perform his duties with enthusiasm and humility. In his work, grant him a sense of sustained awe, which is rooted in daily adoration of you, his Lord. Through him may your name be honored and your church be served. Amen. Amen. So next up are our two deacons, Evie Gary and Amy. Again, similar questions that I just asked Brad there. Do you feel called to the, by God to the office of deacon in order to serve God and edify the first church of New Knoxville? And do you commit to fulfill the responsibilities of deacon as outlined in our Constitution, which include the ability to aid in securing the funds necessary for the support of the church, to foster the principles of Christian stewardship, to dispense the charity of the church, and to assist in the distribution of the elements of the Lord's Supper? Praise God. Praise God. Same thing, we'd love to take time to pray for you now as well. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, since the time of the apostles, you've inspired the church to commission certain members to assist in a special way in the pastoral mission of Christ. Hear our prayer for your faithful people, that in their vocation and ministry each may be an instrument of your love, and give to your servants now to be ordained the needful gifts of grace. Bless the deacons, that they may be humble and faith-inspired in their service. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Save the best for last, right, Craig? (laughs) <laughs> uh, similar, like I said before, similar questions here uh, as your role as a trustee. Do you feel called by God to the office of trustee in order to serve God and edify the First Church of New Knoxville? I do. And do you commit to fulfill the responsibilities of trustee as outlined in our Constitution, which include the ability to care for and control the property of the congregation, whether real, personal, or as a sacred trust? I do. Praise God. And once again, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for those who care for and control the property of the congregation. We thank you for their faithful stewardship, knowledgeable expertise, and humble service to this church. We ask you for your provision, not just to maintain this building, but to make it welcoming and a welcoming environment for all who seek to worship you. We ask this through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for, for Again, serving the church in this way, and we pray, continue to pray for God's blessing on your ministry. And, and I'm grateful that I get a ch- chance to serve alongside you. So thank you all, and you guys can go and have a seat. As they're finding their ways back to their seats, I invite you all to stand and join us as we sing uh, the next hymn, which I don't have my bulletin in front of me. I think Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, number 350, I believe it is. Thank you. Stand and join us as we sing our next hymn. Amen. You may be seated. Before we go to the Lord in prayer, I just want to take an opportunity to um, just once again praise God for His blessings and His provision. Um, as you all know, the weather is not very nice out there. And I want to, it's so wonderful to see you here in church this morning, those of you who brave the snow and brave the roads. Uh, there's certainly um, nothing like being able to worship God together with His people. In fact, I'll talk about that a little bit more here in my sermon. But but also, on days like this, I'm, I'm reminded of God's provision and God's faithfulness that we have the technology and the ability for people to worship with us on the radio as well as on Facebook Live. Um, especially those that maybe weren't comfortable or able to get out in, in weather like we have today. So um, again, thank God for for the opportunity to do that um, and praise Him that, that we can worship together as a church family, as the body of Christ, whether we're here in the sanctuary, watching on Facebook, or listening on the radio. So praise God for that, especially, especially on days like today. Uh, our offering this morning does go to support a radio ministry, not our radio ministry, but a radio ministry. Um, Your offering today will go to support WBCL Radio. Uh, If you are here this morning and would like to give towards that, uh, the deacons will be at the doors at the end of the service. You can also give online on our website, firstchurchnk.org. I was just speaking with someone the other day about about the value of of listening to um, Christian music, uh, Christian conversations, you know, sermons, that sort of stuff, especially on commutes. When you've you got a lot of time in the car, being able to spend time listening to God's word and people who are focused on God's word during that time. And WBCL certainly is a great option for that. So if you're able to give today, um, our offering will support their ministry and see that continue in our area. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together this morning. Lord God, we do come before You humbly and and thank You so much that You have provided for us in so many ways. On days like today, we are grateful that you have provided our own radio ministry, our own Facebook Live ministry now this past year, so that on days like today and every day, Lord, we can worship together as a church family, whether we're here in the sanctuary together, we're listening on the radio, or watching on Facebook. Lord, it is such a blessing, and, is only, and it is you providing for us that makes that possible. And so I pray, Lord, this morning uh, for all those that are gathered together, for those that are here, for those that are, that are joining us in those other ways, may your spirit be a blessing and be present, Lord, as your people gather for worship. Lord, you are good, and your faithfulness is, you are faithful through all things, both good and bad. And so, uh, and so we continue to praise you and thank you for your faithfulness towards us. Lord, you are faithful even when we are not. Lord, you are good and you are holy and you are righteous, but you're also grace, gracious and merciful and compassionate. And so, Lord, we come before you knowing that we don't deserve your love. We don't deserve your, we don't deserve what you've done for us because we're all sinners in need of a savior. But we thank you and praise you that you are the savior that we need, that through Christ and his death and his resurrection, our sins are forgiven. And that there is nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we hold on to that hope, especially today, Lord, as we continue to think about laments and what it means to choose to trust you. Remind us of your faithfulness and your goodness, even on hard days. Lord, we thank you for your provision and in many other ways. We thank you for... Um, wbcl radio and other ministries that we are able to support through our designated offerings and we ask that the, the gifts that are given today lord would go to build your kingdom and and many people be impacted as a result of what is given this morning and lord we also lift up the prayers and concerns that are represented in our bulletin we pray for healing where it's needed we thank you lord for the healing that we've already received And we do pray for peace and comfort for those who've lost loved ones recently, especially for the family of Marilyn Cook. And we ask, Lord, that in all things, you would would use all things for your good and for your glory. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Our reading this morning is from Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good
0: to me.
2: Amen. Thank you, Connie, for that scripture reading. And before we head to our sermon this morning, we have another piece of special music. So I have Sharon and Holly. will be um, will be not singing. will be playing. It is well with my soul. Beautiful. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity now to pause and, and and focus on your word here this morning. Thank you for the gifts that you have given us here in this church and the beautiful music that we've been able to participate in and with this morning. May it all, including our time here in your word, bring honor and glory to you. We praise pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So actually that was a, a perfect intro here to, the, to our time in God's Word here together. We're going to be talking about what it means to choose to trust, and there's probably no better hymn in our hymnals, that I'm aware of at least, that talks about what it means to choose to trust God even in the midst of difficult times. The hymn, It Is Well, uh, was written by an individual named Horatio Spafford back in the 1800s. And some of you may have heard this story, but if you haven't, this hymn came out of Pretty amazing circumstances. Horatio Spafford was living in Chicago and he was a lawyer and and had done pretty well for himself and invested a lot in property in that area. Unfortunately, in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire took place. Not only did he lose a good portion of his wealth because many of the properties that he had invested in were destroyed, he also lost his four-year-old son to the flames. That wasn't enough. Just a couple years later, Spafford and his family had decided to travel to England with the famous evangelist D.L. Moody to help him in his, um, well, maybe a, a, a way for us to understand, it, like a Billy Graham crusade, um, but obviously before Billy Graham's time. D.L. Moody was traveling to England to to preach and to spread the word, and, and Horatio Spafford and his family decided to go and assist him. At the last minute, his his plans changed, and he needed to stay in Chicago a little longer to finish up some business, but he sent his wife and four daughters ahead of him to England. And on their way there, their boat was struck by another vessel and rapidly sunk into the waters. His four daughters were lost at sea. His wife was the only surviving member of his family. When when Horatio Spafford heard word of what had happened, he made uh, as quick of a time, he tried quickly to, to get to England to be with his wife. And it was on that boat, traveling to England, having lost five children in a span of two years. And some say as that boat was passing the very spot in the ocean where that other boat sank, he wrote the words to this hymn, It is well with my soul. Now think about that story alongside the words to this song. It's number 493 in your hymnals if you'd like to follow along, but I want to read some of it for you because I think knowing that backstory brings a whole new meaning to some of the verses here. Again, it is well with my soul is number 493. It says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, and when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, O the bliss of the glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. He hath shed his own blood for my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Now those words are powerful in and of themselves, but think about that that story that goes along with it. He lost five children and a good deal of wealth to these tragic events. And I can't imagine the amount of pain and heartache that he must have been, he and his wife must have experienced. But yet it is out of that pain. It was out of those tragic events that this hymn was written. Right? And it brings a whole new meaning to, and a whole new depth to meaning to the lyrics. But second, the other reason why I shared that story with you is because it's a great example of what we're going to be talking about today. And that's that final stage in the process of lament. And that is to choose to trust. Author, musician, Michael Card said, All true songs of worship are born in the wilderness of suffering. Right? Think of what Horatio Spafford went through. Think of what... King David went through and all of his hardships and trials and the Psalms that we have in scripture that came out as a result of it. See, I believe that suffering can bring clarity, right? Hardship can bring clarity to our lives. It forces us to decide who or what is important to us. It forces us to decide who or what we are going to trust. And gives us a new, gives us new ways to think about and to talk about faith. I don't know how many times I've visited with people in the hospital, whether they were the ones who were sick or they had a loved one who was gravely ill. And as I, as I talked and had conversations with them, the same theme has popped up over and over and over again. And that is, I don't know what I would do without the Lord. I don't know how people can handle situations like this apart from knowing Jesus and having that trust and confidence that faith brings. You see, it makes a difference. And when we talk about lament and we talk about what it means to, to go before God and, and lay our heart out and, and complain and, and, and be fully transparent with Him, there's another side to that, right? We, we, we lay out our complaints, we, we ask boldly, but then we have that decision, are we gonna choose to trust God kind of in spite of the circumstances we face? See, that's what, that's what, uh, Horatio Spafford was doing when he wrote it as well. It, it's a prayer, right? He chose to trust God in the face of some of the most difficult experiences and circumstances that I can possibly imagine. And that's what lament gives us the opportunity to do. It gives us the opportunity to trust God. You see, it's easy to trust God when things are going well, right? It's easy to trust Him when, when the fridge is full, when the bank account has enough money at the end of the month to pay all our bills, when we have a nice job and, a, and you know 2.2 kids and the perfect life with a white picket fence. Right? It's easy to trust God in those moments. It's hard to trust when, when we lose all of that. right? But that's when we need it the most. That's when we need faith. That's when we need trust the most is in those hard times we've been talking like I said a lot about lament these past few weeks. We've gone from God, you know, the encouragement to keep on praying to godly complaint, to ask boldly, and now to choose to trust. Each one of those steps is meant to bring us to this point of response, the decision to respond with faith-filled worship. See, lament is an opportunity to practice active patience, and I and I say active for a very specific reason. All right, We've seen that in the last few weeks that lament is, is an invitation to something more than just being passive or passive stoicism. It's more than an attitude of, I'm going to just grin and bear it. All right, some people deal with pain and difficult circumstances with a sort of kind of resigned fatalism. There's nothing I can do about it, so I might as well just deal with it. But active patience, active trust is more than that. It doesn't just ignore the problem nor does active patience dwell on it forever. Both of those are problems at at opposite ends of the spectrum. To be actively patient, on the other hand, acknowledges the reality of the situation, that the pain is real, the circumstances are real, but instead of resigning yourself to fate, you choose to trust God in the middle of the hurt and in the middle of the pain I love that the children's chat ended today by the kids singing, I will trust. That song has been very meaningful, particularly to Josephine. Uh, she has uh, at times, you know, at bedtime, been a little scared, been a little nervous. We have a, a monitor in the room so she can talk to us and we can talk, we can respond to her. And I don't know how many times at night she'll be laying there and she'll talk about being afraid of something, being scared. And we always tell her there's a few things that she can do, right? She can... You tell her, like, think about things that make you happy, right? Think about your family. Think about your grandparents. You know, think about what you did that day at school, right? Think about things that can make you happy to take your mind off of what you're afraid of. We encourage her that she can pray. You know, God hears us no matter what, right? And no matter when we pray, God listens to our prayers. But the third thing we always tell her we, she can do is she can sing. She can sing I will trust. And I don't know how many times I've we've had the monitor sitting down in the living room and then all of a sudden without us even, you know, knowing it's gonna happen, we start to hear her little voice coming through singing, I will trust. I will trust, I will trust and not be afraid. Sometimes it's cracking a little bit, right? But but she's relied on that song as a way to kind of calm herself and refocus on what's important. And that's what I mean by active patience. It's not just sitting back until something changes. It's choosing to trust and being very intentional about it. Psalm 2714 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You see the difference there? Waiting on the Lord means being strong and taking heart. It doesn't mean just sitting by and letting... Life just passed by you. It's being intentional. It's, it, there's a strength in waiting on the Lord. And it doesn't come from us. It comes from Him. There's probably no greater story in Scripture about choosing to trust than the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22. 22. It's one of the most difficult passages in Scripture, if you ask me. But it's, but it's a great demonstration that people have looked to for centuries about what it means to trust God in the middle of sometimes impossible circumstances. For those of you who aren't familiar with the story, God had promised Abraham a son. Abraham and his, and his wife Sarah were old. They had no children. And God had promised that he would be the father of many nations, that the whole world would be blessed through him and through his offspring. Yet he had no kids. And eventually God did provide a son, Isaac, the promised son. When Isaac was a little older, I think, you know, maybe, maybe a young teenager, God instructed Abraham to do something that made no sense, right? To go and sacrifice his son Isaac on the mountain. And so Abraham did, or at least he started to, right? He, he went up the mountain and he brought his son Isaac with him. He even got to the point of binding his son Isaac on the altar. And just as he was about to strike, God stayed His hand. He sent an angel and He told Abraham that that he has seen his faith and that God would instead provide a different sacrifice. And over in the thickets was a ram caught by the horn. So Abraham and Isaac was, were able to sacrifice that offering instead. But that story has always been an example of of faith and trust kind of beyond beyond what we can know and expect from our human perspective, right? It made no sense for, for Abraham to do what he did, for God to have provided in that way. You see, there was this promise that, that this son was the one who God would provide through, that, that the one that God's promises would be fulfilled through. But at the same time, God was asking Abraham to give it all up. So again, there, there's a tension, there's a gap there. And what Abraham did was he believed that God would be true to his promises That God would be true to his word, even when it didn't make sense to him. Listen to how the author of Hebrews puts it in the New Testament. Hebrews 11:17 through 19. He says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. I love the way that this puts it. It says that Abraham embraced the promises. He embraced God's promises even when they didn't make sense to him from his perspective. And that's what faith is all about. right? That's what trusting God is all about. It's embracing God's promises even when we can't see the outcome ourselves. Faith requires trust. Trust requires stepping out into the unknown. And so, as I said already, lament is an invitation to trust God even when it's hard, even when it hurts. It's an opportunity to worship Him even in the midst of your suffering and grief and doubt. Because God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as the Bible says He is, then He is still good in the midst of your pain. In whatever circumstances you're facing, God is faithful. God is good. And He will provide. And that's what we see here in Psalm 13. I think Psalm 13 perfectly kind of captures what lament is all about. It's short and it's to the point. But we see all four steps of the lament process built right into these six verses. We see the, we see the fact that the psalmist here, David, is going to the Lord with his concerns and he's directly asking God what's going on. So there's this, there's this sense of still praying, still going to God, even in the midst of the hardship. And he asks some pretty pointed questions, doesn't he? He complains to God about what's going on. He is honest and he is, he is transparent here in a very raw way. There's, he even asked boldly in verse 3, he says, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. He's not afraid to boldly ask God for salvation and deliverance. And then in verses 5 and 6, we see that decision to trust. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Just as with the hymn, it is well with my soul, David here in the psalm is able to say, you know, even in the pain, I will still choose to trust. Even in the midst of my circumstances, I still recognize that God has been good to me. And that is a very important and profound step. And So as we we round out our our sermon series here today, I want to highlight the three things specifically in Psalm 13 that show that sort of trust and what we can learn from it. And so the first thing he says is, I will trust in your unfailing love. Again, trust is believing in what you know to be true, even when the circumstances in your doubts may call it into question. Remember, I, I said a couple weeks ago that sometimes the greatest, di- the, the, the distance between what we believe in our head and what we experience and feel in our hearts can be vast. There, there's a huge gap there sometimes. And so trusting in God's unfailing love means knowing His promises to be true and choosing to believe them even when we don't feel it or even when we doubt it in our hearts. It's an intentional decision that we can make to trust in God's unfailing love. And unfailing is an important word there. God's promises never fail. Right, That's where our hope lies. God doesn't change His mind. He does not go back on His promises. And that's why we need to be rooted in God's Word because they give us a firm foundation to stand on when things get rough. Last week in Confirmation, we were looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And and it ends with this parable of the two houses, right? One built on sand, one built on rock. The one that had the solid foundation was the, was the example of the person who built his life on God's Word, who had been obedient to God's Word. And when the storm hit, it was that house that was able to withstand. The house that was built on sand collapsed into nothing. But the interesting thing about that story is it's the same storm that hits both houses. Jesus doesn't say, build your life on the rock and you'll never experience hardship. He says, build your life on the rock so that when you do experience hardship, you have a firm foundation to see you through. So we need to trust in God's unfailing love. We also need to rejoice in his salvation. Don't lose sight of the ultimate truth that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ and nothing in all of creation can separate us from that. It's a long chapter, but I want to encourage you sometime this week to go home and read Romans chapter 8. And that's Romans chapter 8. Because there there's so much going on in that passage, but it starts and ends with two very important truths that help us in times like this. Romans 8.1 says there is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Right? There is no condemnation because Jesus saves us and forgives us. What we were unable to do, Jesus did for us. In Romans 8, the, the, the closing verses that end in Romans 8.39 teach us that nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus saves us. And there is nothing we can experience in this life, in this world, that can possibly separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you see how those two things go together and why they're so important when we talk about lament and choosing to trust? We can choose to trust because we know that God has saved us. We can choose to trust because we know that there is nothing, not even our circumstances, that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so that's what gives us the confidence to trust God even when it's hard. And finally, he says, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. In six verses in Psalm 13, we move from painful questions to God-centered worship. Right, Lament is an opportunity to talk or to think about the importance of worship in our lives. Right, Not all worship is upbeat, happy, clapping our hands, right? It can be, but that's certainly not the only way to worship. Lament, being honest with God about our painful experiences, is a way to worship when we bring those concerns to God and choose to trust Him in the midst of it. Worship is an intentional decision to trust God even when you don't kind of feel it. How many of you have ever been in church service and you think, "Eh, I wasn't really feeling it that day, and so you weren't really participating or, or weren't participating much, right? I've done it. I've been there. But that's not what worship is about because worship is not about me or about you. It's about God. So choosing to worship even when we don't feel it is, again, an act of trust, an act of faith to put our focus on him instead of ourselves or our circumstances. And when we do that, when we choose to worship, it does. It reorients our perspective, right? Instead of focusing on ourselves or focusing on our circumstances, it gives us an opportunity to refocus ourselves on God and the promises of his word. So worship itself, what we do here on Sunday mornings, but also maybe what you do in your car on the way to work or what you do when you're at home and open up your Bible yourself is an opportunity each and every time to refocus ourselves on God. See, lament, what we've been talking about all these weeks is an act of trust and an act of worship. It's a journey that God brings us through, through pain and grief and doubt. And it's not always easy and it's not always going to be the same for each person. But it's important, no matter what you're going through, no matter what, what God is bringing you through, to keep on going, right? to keep on fo- keeping your focus on God and to keep trusting Him no matter what. Because God will bring you through it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. And I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified and honored even in our doubts and questions and pain and grief. Lord, help us, each one of us, to say, no matter what we face in this life, blessed be the name of the Lord. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you're able, I invite you to stand and sing with us as we close our service here this morning with a praise song, Blessed Be Your Name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. You may go in peace. Amen.